Welcome back to another edition of the Goose is Loose podcast. It is Wednesday, uh, January 23rd. We are live. It is still pretty cold. Um, I had a couple post-work beers, uh, so we're starting a little later than usual. Um, But we'll get right into it. Um, College college football season is over. Um, But I'm just going to do a quick look into the transfer window. Uh, Jalen Hurts out of Bama transferring to Oklahoma, uh, filling that vacant uh, Kyler Murray position. Uh, Ohio State quarterback Tate Martell chose Miami over West Virginia. Uh, And Oklahoma backup Austin Kendall is now transferring to West Virginia, and he will be battling Jack Allison, the incumbent at West Virginia, for the the starting job there. Hopefully some some good uh, battles will lead to some better quarterback play in Morgantown next year. Um, I just thought the Oklahoma one was interesting. Um, Jalen Hurts will be transferring to Oklahoma, obviously leaving Austin Kendall out of a job. So he transferred to West Virginia and for redshirt reasons, I don't know how they work, but he will be eligible to play right away. Um, but the thing to note is that Oklahoma has a top quarterback. He just played in the all American game, uh, coming in and he, I believe was promised a starting spot because they knew Kyler Murray was going to be gone and this guy was supposed to be a stud. So look out for some possible tension between him and Jalen hurts in Oklahoma. Uh, just something to, uh, something to look out for. Uh, moving on though, uh, obviously the, uh, championship weekend was this weekend for the NFL, uh, the AFC championship and the NFC championship, probably the two best games back to back, uh, for championship games, um, in a long time, uh, both overtime games, um, that hasn't happened. I don't, I think they said, I don't think it's happened ever. I saw it was like 85 to one odds for, uh, both games to go to OT, uh, Saints Rams was the first game, uh, like just terrific game all around. Obviously everybody is stuck up about the, uh, lack of pass interference call at the end. Um, in the moment I didn't, in the moment it looked like pass interference. It didn't look as bad as everybody is making it out to be though. In my opinion, um, I think the Dez catch a couple of years ago, catch, non-catch, whatever you want to call it, was significantly a worse call than this that cost a team a game. That's my opinion. Um, the Saints got that huge completion to uh, Ted Ginn to get him down there. And then, I mean, everybody's talking about it, but they throw the ball on first down. They didn't deserve to win that game, call or no call. Um, the the coaching down the stretch is atrocious. Um, just... They didn't. The second they threw the ball on first down, they didn't deserve to win the game. That's my opinion. I thought it was weird that Gurley got benched. Or I mean, it was obviously something wasn't right. He was dropping those balls that led to interceptions. Um, curious to see where he will be for the Super Bowl. Um, I assume he's healthy, but nobody really knows. I guess I, don't, I haven't been following it too closely. I don't know if there's been any reports about what really happened. I think everybody is just under the assumption he was benched. Um, but yeah, what a game that was. Um, I just can't get over the, the Sean Payton down the stretch. Throwing the ball on first down was atrocious. Um, and there was just, uh, you know, it was a bad call. I mean, it was clearly pass interference. I'm not objectifying that. And the Saints probably would have went on to score um, and probably win that game if they got the P.I. call. But I, I don't feel bad for him. Throwing the ball on first down is a sin there. Um, 
so they didn't deserve to win the game. Um, I mean, bad calls happen to everybody. Jared Goff got a uh, face mask before that. That didn't get called. Um, it just happens. It happened to be at the end of the game. But there was a glaring, glaring coaching misstep on first down. Um, that should be taking more blame than the call, in my opinion. Like I said, I think that Dez call uh, a couple years ago, the catch-no-catch play against the Packers, was a bigger missed call than this. Um, and then the Pats-Chiefs game, uh, it just... It, it's kind of like cliche to hate the Patriots at this point. Um, I mean, everybody, I, I, I came into work the next day. I was just like obvious. And now everybody's all over the Pats for the Super Bowl, And rightfully so, honestly, I mean, would it's hard to bet against them at this point. Um, I haven't made an official pick. I've seen the line move a little bit. Um, if it gets up to three, three and a half, I'm probably going to take the Rams just because of the value. Um, I don't know, though. We'll kind of get to that. I guess before next week, um, we got two weeks off for the Super Bowl here. So back to the game. Um, Mahomes was phenomenal. Obviously, Brady looked great. Um, it's just it, it's crazy uh, that D Ford play when he's offsides and Brady throws the interception. It obviously gets called back. That one is going to be looked at as like a dynasty killer in the future. Like that could have killed the Patriots dynasty. Um, it just sucks. I mean, that that play, D Ford is going to live on forever because he couldn't stay on sides for one freaking play. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to see the Chiefs Rams. To be honest with you, I don't want to see the Patriots again, but it is what it is. Um, Brady's phenomenal. Probably the goat is the goat. It's really hard to uh, counter that at this point. You're just an idiot if you don't think so. Um, it is what it is. Brady golf Super Bowl. Um, probably leaning rams right now but it's just so hard to bet against brady i don't know if i can actually do it so yeah um next topic is one of the reason this is kind of why i wanted to start a podcast in the first place is for just day-to-day life and then you see something and i just got fascinated by it so i'm talking specifically about um the recent netflix and hulu uh fry fest documentaries that have been released um Kind of to back up, I, for, I guess for those of you who are living under a rock and don't know, Fry Fest was a festival that was planned in spring 2017, um, and I don't remember much buildup for it, but I do remember seeing on Twitter and stuff, the social media about um, once it started and obviously how much of a failure it was. So I, wa- I remember it in the moment. I kind of, pa- it kind of went in one year out the other. And then when I watch these documentaries, um, I watch both. I want Netflix first and then the Hulu. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, it's truly, it's crazy and it fascinates the hell out of me. Um, I've consumed as much fry fest content as I can the past couple days. Um, Oh, I'm just fat. I watched the Netflix one on Monday night, and then I started the Hulu one. I fought, I watched the Monday. I started at like 9.30. I finished at 11, the Netflix one Monday night, and then I couldn't get enough, and I went right to the Hulu one right after, watched a half hour, fell asleep, finished it the next day. Um, but since then, I, like I said, I've been just reading about Billy McFarlane and Ja Rule and... Um, the Grant guy, the Mark guy fascinates me. I was just fascinated by a lot of it. Um, it's just entertaining as hell. Uh, I, I, I cannot get enough. I'm ready for a book to come out. I'm ready for another documentary. I listened to Pardon My Take this morning, and they talked about it with Rosillo. Um, it was awesome. Just all around awesome. Um, 
like I said, I just I just can't get enough. Um, so if you haven't, if you're living under a rock and you haven't seen either of those, both of them, one of them, watch it because it is fascinating. Um, I've talked with a couple people that work about it um, of all different ages. It's just a fascinating story of fraud and scam and festival and millennials, um, but just phenomenal. Um, so I'm just going to, I watched both. It answered a lot. Obviously, I didn't know a lot before. Um, I didn't really realize that they knew it was going to be so terrible the whole time. Um, obviously, they did. Um, and then Billy's in jail right now for fraud, blah, blah, blah. But a couple of things that didn't get answered that I wanted to address. And it sucks because I actually, like I said, I watched the Netflix one Monday and the Hulu one Monday night, Tuesday, and then I listened to part of my take this morning and they stole a couple of what I wanted to say, but I'm going to still say them. Um, part of my take didn't really address this, but this is the, the main reason that I saw FryFest from the beginning was there was a tweet that got retweeted. It was like the most viral FryFest tweet. Both documentaries referenced it. Um, but the kid who tweeted that they were serving cheese sandwiches and lettuce with no dressing, uh, hysterical picture, um, for, for what this festival was supposed to be. Um, but like I said, I cannot get enough content of this and I've just been researching it and reading about stuff. And I guess there's, I, I don't really know the truth to it cause they didn't talk about it in either documentary was the food situation, but uh, apparently those cheese sandwiches were for the staff, which doesn't really make it any better. But I guess the, um, attendees, the, the festival attendees did have better food allegedly. Um, and then obviously at the end of the Netflix one, there's that poor bohemian woman who had to pay 50 K out of her pocket. Um, for food and labor and stuff. I just wanted more explanation about the food. They gave a really a decent explanation about the living situations or lack thereof, but the food didn't really get addressed except for that. They fired the catering company like a week before. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about that. Um, that was really like the biggest, you know, outstanding question I had after watching both documentaries. Cause like I said, I mean, the thing that introduced me to fry fest, originally was that viral tweet the day of the event um that's how i first found out about it i, I somehow missed all this viral marketing that was happening with you know a hundred thousand models that were there um a couple other things billy mcfarland uh a clear cocaine user cannot believe that neither documentary addressed that he was a clear cocaine abuser um riding off in the middle of chaos he just leaves everybody and goes on an ATV for 10 minutes and comes back. Come on. Um, so I thought that should have been addressed. This guy is crazy. I can't believe he's my age. Um, just wild. Um, the housing situation didn't really get addressed. Um, the villas or whatnot. Uh, I guess some models got an actual housing situation that was not what they expected, but better than anybody else had on the island. Um, so I wanted to hear more about that. In the um, Hulu documentary, he, Billy, when I say he, he said that they lost, they had $2 million worth of houses and they lost the keys for them. Like, what the hell? Huh? Huh? Um, so I want to know really what happened more with that stuff. I kind of want to know how long, who stayed overnight, how long people stayed, because there's no, I don't, I, I know they canceled it obviously, but I, I wanted, I wanted to know more about the actual conditions there. There is a lot more, both documentaries kind of did a lot more lead up, um, with how fraud it was. I really wanted to know more about the conditions at the Island. Um, the days of the event that when people showed up, 
Um, the two other guys, the they mentioned it on part of my take too. The guy who taught himself how to fly a plane using Google Simulator. That's just wild. Um, and, and in the moment when I heard this, saw this, the guy that Billy called when they needed water to get into the country and they were getting taxed 175 grand, he calls the, the gay guy he works with um, and asks him if he would give a blowjob to the guy who was holding the water hostage. And the guy agreed to it, but didn't have to. Um, it was just strange to, to admit to that on camera in the moment. I thought it was the strangest thing in the world. Um, but yeah, Fry Fest, um, Fry Fraud, Fry Fest. If you haven't seen either documentary, one or both, go watch them. I don't. Um, I, ha I don't have Netflix. I have a friend's password. Um, they don't even know. I don't think that I use it, but um, I do have Netflix. I don't have Hulu. So, I, it, I mean, people don't know this, but if you just Google things, you can find things. So I just Googled uh, Hulu Fry Fraud documentary free online, and it was on the first page at the bottom of the page. You can watch it for free online just on a Google hit. So there's a little insight into that. Uh, other than that, I'm going to wrap up here. Um, the best pod I listened to last week was the Rosillo show from January 17th. It was like a dual part. It was one long pod that they cut into two. Um, some incredible, incredible insight from Wendy Brian Windhorse, who doesn't like the nickname Wendy, which is kind of funny because everybody calls him Wendy. It's just a hell of a nickname. Um, so if you have any type of, um, interest in nba kyrie irving lebron james just an incredible pod go listen to that um and other than that um like i said i have been researching more about podcasting to try and make this better myself um but we're, we're still on the ground stage here um it's still baby steps um you know, eventually, uh, I started this podcast as something to do on the side for fun. Um, and, and while it has been that it has also been, um, a little bit of a headache trying to figure out technology and how to upload podcasts and web hosting sites and things like that. Um, but I, I do actually enjoy it. Um, I would enjoy a trillion million billion times more if somebody else would edit it and produce them for me every week. Um, but the idea for the the podcast was hopefully to eventually get picked up ideally by the action network was where I was going with it. Um, but that's probably not going to happen. And I knew that going in. Um, but what I can do is offer my services via podcast for ad reads. Um, so podcasting, obviously successful podcasts get, ad reads people pay to promote ads on your podcast um usually just like a commercial that the host of the podcast reads so um if i can't get picked up for for the actual content on the pod i had thought about maybe just being a professional ad reader so um without further ado i just googled a quick uh podcast uh sample ad um something like that and mailchimp came up so i'm just going to read a quick uh podcast ad to close out the episode to get my reps in uh and we'll go from there support for tgil comes from mailchimp more than 7 million businesses around the world use mailchimp to send emails newsletters and deliver high fives mailchimp send better email that's it peace